everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Elevated Office. My name is Eric McGrew, and I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to this podcast. If you haven't heard my other episodes, I have at this point three others in front of this one, so please stop by and check it out. This is Season 1, Episode 4. And today we are going to go over a number of different things. First of all, we're going to have a tool review, of course. The tool that we're going to talk about today is really um, a piece of equipment that, you know, it is a tool, but it's not a traditional tool. It's my Buckingham Ergolite saddle. Um, We're going to go over what I like and some of the pros and cons of that saddle. Um, First things first today, we're going to talk about certificates and licenses and the importance that I've found of having those. And then, of course, um, instead of special topic this week, I'm changing the name of it to Ponderings, and we're going to talk about Don't Forget What You Didn't Know. And then, of course, we'll conclude with a a few comments. So let's get into it and see what we can uh, help each other out with. Today on this week's episode, we're going to talk about our tool review, and it's the Buckingham Ergolite saddle. So this saddle is one that I bought when I was first getting into tree climbing about eight months ago, and I had no reference on this saddle. I was on a number of tree service supply uh, websites all over the place, And Wesper had this one as part of a climbing kit. It came with, it was a um, spur and rope climbing kit. So it came with a vortex rope and some Buckingham big buck spurs, um, the Ergolite saddle. And then it also came with like a tending pulley and, you know, a Prusik and, and different things like that. Um, There were three categories of kits you could buy. There was a super entry-level one, which was just like a, you know, a strap around your leg, a webbing strap around your leg, and, um, you know, very basic saddle. And then there was this one, and then there was a more expensive saddle, which would have been, I, I don't remember, but I don't remember what brands they were offering, but it was... I think it was the one of the Petzl ones that was considerably more expensive. So I got this one kind of not knowing what I was getting because the guy that was encouraging me to get into tree climbing had always just used the super basic Buckingham uh, saddles that are basically, you know, the webbing and not padded and that kind of stuff because that's how he grew up climbing. And he hadn't kept up with technology as far as all the advancements and stuff. And he just didn't know. And I didn't know. And for whatever reason, Buckingham, even though they are a well-known company and manufacturer of climbing and tree service equipment like this, they don't promote very heavily as far as I can tell. And none of these saddles and things really have reviews on them. They, They were just kind of unknown to me. So I just kind of took a guess on, you know, the mid-level and what I thought might be uh, the best thing, looking at the photos and what features it had and that kind of stuff. And overall, I will say that the saddle is, first off, the price is around 400 ish dollars, and the saddle is good. Um, is it the best out there? No. You can definitely get Tree Motion or Petzl or whatever, like their Sequoias and all that kind of stuff, that are definitely considered to be a better saddle and they're more expensive this one though it has the 
basic needed features to to be comfortable all day in a saddle i think while giving you a little bit extra and not being like the top of the line so just keep that in mind if you want like the most luxury saddle this is not it go look at tree motion or petzl and and you know or the monkey beaver saddles and that kind of stuff and figure out what it is that you want from those but this one is pretty good so that being said there are some definite pros and cons to it just like there are to everything so we'll start with some of the pros the pros to it are it's light for a saddle it's got a number of uh, places to store equipment on it. It's got tool loops in the back, one big one in the back. And then there's two angled ones on, um, like in the kidney area, on both si- one on each side. And then there's a small loop on each hip side that you can hang carabiners and, and different things from like that. It has a daisy chain, one daisy chain loop on each hip side that allow you to be able to hook in tool accessory carriers like the Petzl tool uh, carrier or the shim beaner. Now, um, it also has a Velcro elastic, elastic waist protection strap that goes on before you use the clip, the buckle, and that helps you from like getting the metal edges of the buckle pinched into your stomach and things like that, which is a plus. The buckles on the legs and on the waist are the same kind of snap buckles, and they are easy to access, they're easy to use, and they're comfortable uh, in their relative places. The legs aren't just straps, but they actually have leg pads, which make it more comfortable to use for sure. So that's a definite pro to this saddle. The adjustments are relatively easy. Um, that being said, no saddle is easy to, to adjust for 100%. A lot of them are fairly difficult, and that's just due to the way that you have to use the straps. They have to be at a certain degree coming off of the um, buckle so that it doesn't you know, come loose and then the excess you want to put under the elastic bands. There are plenty of elastic bands available on the belt for all your uh, tails of your adjustment straps so that they're not flopping everywhere and getting all in your way, getting caught up in things and things like that. So that's good. And then with the belt, you also have a fairly tall back on it that's padded, and that supports my lower back pretty well and i like that and because of the overall design of the belt with the elastic back leg straps that are very very comfortable i forget that they're even there and when you adjust them right you you don't feel them but they give your butt support when you're sitting in the saddle working in the tree and that's a good thing um the the whole belt and the waistband and the leg pads all are a material that they classify as a breathable material and wick sweat and all that kind of stuff, which is definitely good when you're in a saddle for six or eight hours a day. And I have worn it for up to eight and a half hours and not had a problem with it. I do still sweat a little bit, but I sweat like a pig anyway. So the... Um, the thing of it is, is that it's still comfortable for me, and I and I like that. Uh, the another pro to the the saddle 
is definitely that the stitching seems to be well made. I've, it, you know, when you're in a tree climbing around or whatever, it gets a, a abrasive, and I haven't had any of the stitching look like it's coming apart on me yet. So I'm definitely pleased with that. It has a rope bridge, which some people like and don't like, but I like it. The rope bridge comes with a, an aluminum floating ring that, you know, allows you to be able to hook in and twist easily and things and have full ranges of motion in the tree, which is a pro. The, um, what is it? The rigging plates that they use or attachment plates that they use for the rope bridge have three points on them. So you can move your bridge around depending on how you want it to be set up, or you can add extra bridges, or you can use those same rigging plates for rope, um, connectors, uh, carabiners or lanyards or, you know, flip lines, whatever you want to clip on there and, and in those angles. And then it does have one D-ring on each side that are the big D-rings for your flip lines and your lanyards. And so they work as a second attachment point. Um, it's not the same system that holds your rope bridge on. They are sewn in separately. And they're good quality, heavy-duty D-rings. And they're heavily stitched in, which makes them a benefit. And then there's two small D-rings on the back that I use for like my trauma kit and that kind of stuff to clip on there on the back of the saddle behind me so it's not all in my way and everything. Um, so a couple of cons to the, the belt or a few cons I should say to the belt is that the waistband that's elastic with the Velcro on it, it, it tends to fold over and get stuck on itself so you it can be hard to flatten out and you have to kind of fight with it each time you want to put it on and it gets twisted easily. Um, I don't know how that happens, but it does. So I have to untwist it before I can put the belt on every time. And that's a bit frustrating, but it's not a long process. It's just frustrating more than anything. And the elastic on the leg straps and on the waistband to get the slack and excess tails through for your adjustment straps are good in the sense they hold it in but they are a bit tight and it's kind of hard to get the um what is that called the stitched ends you know where they've hemmed the ends through there to to be able to do that so that's a bit frustrating but once again from rock climbing i know that saddles and harnesses and things this is what you deal with pretty much all the time with it and even like aerial saddles or harnesses for like fall protection are the kind of the same way so it's just something you have to deal with I, it is some are better or worse this one's a i would say it's a medium it's not the worst i've ever used it's not the best i've ever used but it's a medium grade frustration with it so that's something to keep in mind and the um the kidney side tool straps are um, long, but the problem with them that I find is that they're angled downward and I'm sure they're trying to push the tools toward your hand, your hip. So it's easy to grab them, but everything clutters there. And that can be a bit frustrating for sure. So, you know, it's, is it the worst thing ever? No, but is it ideal? Not at all. It's just what it is. Now a pro is that the tool loops that they have, that are the tool ropes connected or straps connected to the belt do have a 
plasticky, rubbery coating on them that makes them, you know, more wear resistant. And I've not had any problems with those. So that's a pro. Um, one of the cons though, definitely is that on each side, you only have one daisy chain loop for your tool carriers, like a Petzl tool carrier or a shim beaner. And though you only have one option, you can't adjust them and you can't put more than one. So it would be nice if I had a little bit more adjustment in them to be able to move it back or forward as I wanted. And then another thing about them is, is that for the shim beaner, which I love and we'll talk about in the future, the daisy chain is really big. So it's easy to put it through. But the problem is also is that I've had it fall off my belt a couple of times and a number of times it's hit a limb or when I'm taking the chainsaw uh, ring off of the shim beaner, it's so loose that it folds over and it lays flat against my saddle. And then when I go to put my chainsaw back on, I have to either use two hands or I have to fight to hold the chainsaw in one hand and then flip the shim beaner facing outward so that I can get the the ring on my lanyard back on the shim beaner. So I wish that they were a little bit tighter. That being said, the width is ideal for the Petzl tool carrier. It, it fits tight enough that you can just barely get it in. It takes a little bit of effort and it fits snugly. It doesn't move on you and it's a great thing. So those are, um, you know, pros and cons of that design for sure. And another con that I've noticed is that after eight months, the padding is starting to flatten out a little bit and get a little dense. And, and that's something that you'll want to keep in mind too. Some of the uh, more expensive saddles I've heard are, you know, a little bit longer lasting in the, the padding and that kind of thing. Same things happening in the waistband in my back. The, the lower back doesn't have quite the same uh, lumbar support that it had originally. It's kind of flattening out after eight months, but it's not so bad that it's uncomfortable to wear. Just keep that in mind. And um, I've noticed that as that leg padding starts to flatten, I'm feeling more of the hemmed edge at the bottom of the leg strap digging into my thigh muscles uh, when, you know, when I'm sitting, hanging from a rope, sitting from the tree and working in that work position. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But overall, the, the saddle is very comfortable. It For $400-ish, I think it's a good option if you're looking for one to get into it. I've made my money on this saddle multiple times already. And, you know, I think you would too if, you, if you're serious about what you're doing and you're just trying to get started. The pros, once again, real briefly, are that has good tool uh, loop and rope connector areas. It has a lot of them. Good buckles, good straps, good stitching. It's lightweight. It breathes pretty well. It's got decent padding on it. And it's got an under the waist buckle strap that's Velcro that keeps the buckle from digging into your stomach. It has small D-rings in the back that you can hook like a trauma kit or two to. It also has nice size sturdy D-rings stitched in that you can use for flip lines, lanyards, and security. It also has two rigging plates that you can use for your uh, your rope bridge, and you can either adjust it in different positions or add 
extra rope bridges to it or use it for carabiners they they fit through those holes decently and then it also has a good adjustments for the legs and the waist and your um, waist to leg straps in the back have comfortable elastic straps that when I'm sitting in the saddle, I don't really notice that they're there. So they're not cumbersome or inconvenient or uncomfortable to me. So it does also have um, carabiner, I mean, I'm sorry, daisy chain accessory loops stitched in on each side. There's only one though. So the cons to it are is that after eight months, the padding is starting to definitely flatten out a little bit in the waist and legs the daisy chain accessory hook areas are a little big in my opinion i wish they were a little bit smaller and there's not enough of them for adjustability the kidney tool loops angle downward and cram everything toward your hip side and that can be inconvenient at times adjusting the straps on your legs like any saddle can be frustrating just because of the the kind of buckles they've used and that kind of stuff and um other than that i I think that's pretty much all the, the cons that i remember to it so i hope that guys it gives you guys an idea of what you're looking at with this saddle it may or may not be the saddle for you i don't know I I just know that this is what I'm experiencing with it, and these are the pros and cons that I found. So if you found other pros and cons from using this saddle, please leave me a message. You can either leave me a a private message on on Instagram, or you can also, you know, comment on this post in Instagram, or you can go over to the anchor.fm forward slash Eric hyphen McGrew website, the home page of this podcast and leave me a voice recording and I may be able to use it in an upcoming episode, which I would love to do. So I hope that gives you guys a, a, a decent overview of this saddle and we'll go on from there. You guys may not know this, but I had a podcast in the past and it was a fun thing to do, but it was a challenge to get my podcast to all the locations where everybody listened to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the such were just a lot of work to manage to get everything where it needed to be. Now though, I found Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too so that you can get paid to podcast. How awesome is that? Honestly, I'm really happy to find Anchor again because I love podcasting. I love talking about what I do and sharing with you all the things that I like to do as well. So if you're interested in starting a podcast like I am, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. And join today for your free podcast and become part of the community. I can't wait to hear what you put out on anchor.fm slash start. Don't forget what you didn't know. That may sound like a stupid saying, but it is definitely something that happens frequently with anybody who's been around something for a long time or who has become accustomed to dealing with a specific thing. Um, It happens to me (laughs) 
unfortunately. And when I got back into tree service work, well, I let me let me rephrase that. When I got into tree service work to this degree for myself, I did not really think things through thoroughly. And and after eight months, I'm still learning how to rethink things through. There is equipment that I bought for tree climbing that I listened to somebody and they, they just said, oh, well, you just get this. And it's because they are an advanced tree climber or they were trained a specific way. And I get it. And I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to use this? Or how is it even beneficial for me to use? Or I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And it's because they forgot what they didn't know. And it can happen to us very, very easily as business owners, foremen, uh, as an individual worker. Uh, so it's, it's something that my, my friends get tired of, of me using this phrase. I love the phrase. I don't even know where it came from. Some My father-in-law, who has his own podcast and, and helps people learn about different things, has taught me this phrase. And I, I have to say, it, it's it's so true. So how can that apply to us in the tree service industry? Well, getting started with a business is one thing. So you you take advice from other tree service company owners and they may say very simply just go get work or just go sell or just go whatever the problem with that is that they forget you don't know what they've learned about how to go sell so when we take that into application with actual tree service for instance with our crews and things we have to be real careful as well i've found personally not to just say, go take down this tree if it's fairly complicated, for instance. Um, there may be some rigging that's involved. There may be some you know, engineering that's involved to certain degrees. And, and it may even be that they've done rigging. But will they do the rigging the right way? How? What is their experience level? It, it, let's say that they pick the right crotch and they set up redirects and all that in the right way but do they follow through on all the steps do they use the right kind of cut are they using a traditional face cut or are they going to use a humboldt or are they going to snap cut or are they going to you you see it, it's sometimes remembering what they may not know is really key to a successful job and safety and, and i'll give you a key example i i recently was on a job and the job was a large, large cottonwood, probably 95 feet, um, but very sprawling. And it hung directly over the house. And there were a bunch of leads that all hung straight over the home. And I, I forgot what I should do because I was so focused on getting it down in a timely manner because we were in a time crunch and we had only bid so much and we had only done all this. So on this last stem, I set up a rigging rope and I ran it through an appropriate crotch. I had it all, you know, tied securely. I had a, a bowline on it and I had a, 
a half hitch on it so it was double strapped and it was secure but what I didn't do is I didn't attach it from the top which is what I should have done I attached it at the bottom and when I flopped this stem over it was about a foot too long and it rolled over and it hit something Um, it didn't cause a ton of damage so that was good but the fact of the matter is is that I just forgot what I didn't know I, I should have thought it through a little bit more and it made me think in that moment if I'm one of the more experienced guys on the site or the most experienced in, a, in some cases stay with us we'll be right back you love listening to podcasts but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast maybe you want to build a brand grow your business or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. how do I expect them to make a good decision if I don't help them consider what's at stake here or what might need to be done? Yeah. The stuff above easy enough. You can strap it to your, you know, you can even lower it yourself if there's a groundsman down there and these limbs, they're not that big. They're just long and they're brushy and they, they swing down and and whatever. But in this particular area of the takedown, they do they really know? Or am I just assuming they know? And I can't forget that they may not know. And that happens with everything. That happens with when I ask um, clients, when I'm talking to them on the phone, I ask them questions that are just obvious to me, what the how you would view the answer. But do they really understand what I'm talking about? Do they even know? I have to look at it from an aspect of what how do how are they really viewing it what is their true understanding or not of the topic um you don't want to talk to people like their kids of course you don't want to insult them but sometimes we do have to ask those leading questions that are respectful but at the same time make sure that they are viewing this from the full capacity the full grasp of what it is because they may not fully understand what it is that we're asking and they may give us an answer that they thought was the right answer but it's not and we may even base our quote somewhat on what they said and then we get there and it's not anything like what we talked about so i mean if if somebody tells me they've never given an estimate without looking at a job first at least a ballpark estimate i i have a hard time believing that it may it may be the case for you that's fine I know that I'm busy on a job and I'm trying to get an idea of how serious this person is. And they give me a a quote, oh, it's a big tree and it's a big cottonwood. And maybe they even know the name of it. And and you're like, oh, okay, well, and you talk to them. And and so you say, well, it's going to be this price and you get out there and it's not a big tree at all. Had a customer tell me that they had a huge tree that needed to be taken down. It was eight inches in diameter and like 40 feet tall. So it's it's relative to what their expectations are. So 
sometimes we have to remember not to forget what they that we didn't know like if we had never been working with trees would that be a big tree to us maybe you know if we if we were not experienced in taking down trees then maybe that would be a big tree to us but because we do it day in and day out and we've climbed 100 foot trees and we've cut trees down that are you know five foot in diameter at the base that that's not a big tree to us it's not even something that we flinch at we just have to make sure that we don't forget that and it goes with our employees too we we say go out there and get the equipment together to do this job we're going to do this 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 and this on the job have they done that before do they really know what equipment is really required are they thinking it through thoroughly do they have that knowledge to even think it through thoroughly um we we try to help people get started in the industry and we say oh well you just need a couple of saws and you're set there's more to it than that um the guy that encouraged me to start climbing he said um oh yeah it's easy you just need a saddle and a flip line and spurs because that's how he grew up climbing and and he expected me to be able to climb these trees that he was climbing or that he could climb and you know i kept saying oh well my my shoulders and my arms are are sore i'm not accustomed to this kind of this kind of physical activity in this way and he's like oh well you should be using your legs well i got him in a saddle and i got him with his spurs and a flip line on and all of a sudden he's like man i forgot how much you have to use your arms too it's just in his mind if you're climbing right you're climbing with your legs and you're not thinking about you know the fact that you still have to have upper body strength you have to have arm strength you have to use them in a different way because there's having strength and then there's using it in a particular way and and so you know i i was a little naive when i got back into all this and when i started climbing and i i kind of thought that it would be more like rock climbing and it is to a degree but it's not climbing on cylindrical stems that bounce around and lean at weird angles and you know then on top of that you're not fully on your feet all the time sometimes you're on spikes and there's just two little pins sticking in yeah it's easy you can oversimplify that real easy if you forget how difficult it is because you're accustomed to it or you haven't done it in 15 years so not forgetting what we don't know is a big part of being a successful business owner uh, a successful crew leader or you know a successful bidder an estimator in, in that case it helps us be safer helps us set our guys up for success rather than failure and it's truly a, an important aspect of of being a a capable and respectable well i don't want to say respectable because it's not about you being dishonest or not but a, about being a capable and efficient tree service professional so you know i hope you guys can go out there and and sit down meditate on this a little bit because i am please understand i'm not telling you guys as the, as an expert this isn't what i'm doing i'm talking about things that come to my mind because i have made these mistakes i figure out this didn't work for me and why it didn't work i failed because i didn't remember what i didn't know i assumed that new kid on the crew knew what to do uh, for instance, you assume sometimes that the new guy or the less experienced guy on the crew, you assume 
he knows to look out for your rope when he's dragging stuff into the chipper. Well, that may not be the case. You might want to reiterate that to him very, very carefully. Or you may assume that he knows to look up before he walks under a drop zone. But maybe he thinks it's your responsibility to look down and make sure he's not there. Honestly, it's both people's responsibility in my opinion. But there are a lot of factors with that. So we'll talk about some of those things in the future as well. And, you know, I hope that these kind of ponderings help you guys to, to think and mull over th- things that can make you better tree service professionals and hopefully you guys can respond to me a little bit about my ponderings and see what you think that I'm missing because I always want to learn I know there's so much I can learn from you guys and a lot of you guys are way more experienced than I am and I look forward to to getting to know some of you more and and learning from you too so until then there's just a few ponderings to mull over Well, there we have it, folks. That is the fourth episode of Elevated Office. I'm glad to have you guys here with me. I'm glad that you came by to see what's going on. Hopefully, you guys aren't sick of my voice yet. I'm trying to make this as interesting as I can, and hopefully in the future, I'll be able to include more of you as well. We are working to just try to think about different things with tree service. I'll be sharing some more of my own personal experiences and those that I read about or see online and things like that as well. Maybe making some highlights of different uh, accounts of Instagram and Facebook that I, I like and that kind of stuff. Today we talked about a tool review of the Buckingham Ergolite saddle. I uh, hope that that was beneficial for you guys. And then we also talked about don't forget what you didn't know. You may notice that this week we didn't do a first things first. Um, The first things first and the ponderings are all going to be one thing now so that the podcast is a little bit more concise and it's easier to produce. And I hope that you guys find this beneficial for you. Please know that if there's something I haven't gone over yet but you have a question about, if I can help you with it, I'm more than happy to do so. I don't promise to know all the answers because honestly I don't know much. The um, There are a bunch of people out there who know a ton more than I do, but I will do due diligence and try to help you find the answer or at least guide you to a place where I think you can find the answer. So if you don't mind, come back by, check out the episode, see what's going on. And if you feel so inclined, know that you can donate to the episodes and that would help me keep this podcast going, keep me reviewing new products and being able to hopefully get out to some of the expos and stuff like that as well to um, share with you what's going on there. So till next time, be safe in the trees. Thanks. Bye.